Welcome to A Pitcher of Beer with Stick It In Your Ear, a 24-year-old record store in Springfield, Missouri. I'm your host, Nathan Weidman, here with owner Wes Nichols to drink beer and unlock the black holes of his mind. So grab a beer and attempt to understand the wealth of useless but kick-ass information. Okay. All right, we're here with Super T. 16, number 16. I don't know if it's number 16. If or, we bank well, it. we'll bank it. It's This is a bonus. 15 and 7 eighths. Bonus <laughs> broadcast. It is a, a dear friend of mine. Tommy Fulcher, who is uh, Alan Jackson's road manager slash bus driver, and he's been kind enough to join us for... I pick up his dry cleaning, too. Yeah. And? I've seen his shorts. That's because... They're amazing. I didn't know he was that delicate and small. I didn't know he was... I didn't know he was a medium in brief. Well, if that gets out, I might be <laughs> So this podcast only reaches about three miles square. Well, we, we, we can only hope because, I mean, that the 17-page non-disclosure <laughs> includes his mini briefs. I could, I could show you a picture. I could show the yeah, people here a picture yeah. of it. Yeah. Well, they're just white, but yeah. I had a mouse. I actually had a mouse. White. White. I told you about a, a mouse, mouse in your briefs? No, I had a mouse get on the lunch. bus. I had a mouse get on the bus on a trip to California earlier this year. He jumped on, and I think in New Mexico. This is no joke. And so <laughs> the air conditioning. This is the funny it anyway. I don't know how I got here, but that happens with me. And uh, anyway, the mouse got into the into the sock and underwear drawer, and uh, it chewed holes into the magic underwear. Magic but it, but the best part about it was he was going to get ready for the show, and he opened the drawer and the little bastard jumped right out on him and ran, about ran up his leg and I heard him go oh buddy and I and, I, and he comes up front and I said what happened and he told me that but I caught him is I, that a rat in your shorts or a snake in your trousers are you just happy to are you just happy to see me dad <laughs> but I, I I need to do I do need to say congratulations to my boss right now. Because for tomorrow, Marion is uh, daughter uh, the, his, his, uh, his oldest daughter, Miss Maddie, is getting married, and he's a good dude. He's a good dude. It's not what you told me. But oh, anyway, here we it's go. It's not what I heard. To, uh, Stop it. <laughs> He'll actually laugh. All right, let's start. Let's start <laughs> country rock. I mean, uh, you, you know so well, T, about yes. about the origins of a lot of that stuff in Nashville, which I don't know much about, but I do know. Uh, the common thread in the roots of rock comes from basically when the birds, before they were the birds, mm-hmm. you had David Crosby and uh, Jim McGuinn, who changed his name to Roger and then back to McGuinn. But these guys were folkies in the early 60s. And when their parents were growing up, they, uh, they had records by this incredible bluegrass band called the Dillards. Now, what do you know about them existing in Nashville? I know they they claimed Branson as a home for about twenty years, but I think they claimed Nashville a long time as and, a home and, for a and long then time. Virginia, I guess you know a few of them lived there, but they were scattered, right. kind of, weren't they? Really? I think I in the latter home. years, in the latter years. But I know when they were on the Andy Griffith show, Which it seems them. like they they flew them. They they didn't know about playing so like the first time they were driven out there and then the second time they flew to be on the Andy Griffith the black and white you know early Andy Griffith shows shows. and uh, and they didn't know about airplanes I mean it was just really it was very it it foreshadowed how funky they were on the Andy Griffith show they made them look so plain and simple like Beverly Hillbillies but they were really those cats were (laughs) like that but they were savant because they, they were all 
you know, they were dad when they were born there. I, I guess you know the father and the mother threw instruments in their hands, and which happened to a lot of those. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the people that I've had the pleasure to meet, um, doing what I do, working in this stuff. It, it, it's been <clears throat> that's what I get from it. Like Allison right. Krauss. Allison yeah. Allison Krauss is from Champaign. I grew up not far from there. We're about the same age. I think she's but she's a Nashville transplant. She's a little younger than me, but right. yeah, she's right. her and her brother Victor. Victor, when I worked with Lyle Lovett, Victor played bass, stand-up bass. So the whole family was. The whole, extremely, they just look at how yeah. talented she is. It's like you you take and you just throw they throw instruments in her hands, and if you're blessed with it, and the parents. Well, it didn't happen. Parents, and I noticed you know, in rock and roll, it didn't happen overnight. You had this appreciation, and then the birds come together. And Gene Clark, who was. Yeah. Uh, an incredible member of the birds. He died, and he's buried up here in Tipton, about two hours away. Which we still Tipton, have to Missouri. go. We gotta go. Yeah, I've never seen his grave, and uh, just an incredible. The guy was an incredible songwriter, an incredible um, uh, vocalist too. I mean, he was harmony. David Crosby said, "I was good at creating harmonies, three-part harmonies in the birds." Gene Clark was the fucking best. And that's how I feel it. about Graham Parsons. Right, absolutely, and that will, we'll get to that. But let me back up yeah, a little I'm, bit I'm and say, jump, I jumped ahead there. Gene, Gene was had this huge fear, phobia of flying, so he quits the band, and the first thing he does, he goes and makes a record, a seminal, seminal country rock record with the Dillards, called the Fantastic Expedition, and yeah. uh, he also hooked up with the Gosden brothers, and I know you knew Gene Gosden, or knew of him very closely, and all those first generation cats but that's what we kind of see as the embryo if i'm not correct it was the bluegrass gospel and you know and the blues melded together and 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 it was but but it wasn't country i mean it was country rock or well, melodic, the, melodic in, folky in the, in, in the eyes of rock because they used because they had a steel guitar mm -hmm. They had right. they had leads of steel guitar. Right. You did have a little bit of violin or fiddle. Yeah. You had Telecaster. You had that sound, that little bit of slide maybe. But they kept it in kind of a four four rock. Right. Idiom. They, it kept it kept driving. It wasn't a shuffle. It wasn't. Right. It wasn't. Right. You know, like a dance hall song. There you go. You know Very I mean? good. And at this time, uh, it's it's odd that two of the biggest figures. 50 years down the line, we're both in the birds. And even though I don't think they ever recorded anything together, they were so close to each other in the, in the, in the space of rock and roll. And that was Gene Clark that we'd spoke to earlier, spoken up to earlier and Graham Parsons and Graham Parsons was this cat from a psychedelic band called the International Submarine Band, and he just came. He was a big fan of George Jones and Buck Owens. Big time. And he jumps into the birds with these ideas of marrying literally what they still call now the first Died in the Wool Country Rock record, which is the birds' Sweetheart of the Rodeo, and still their best-selling record, I believe, of all time as far as the band goes. And I think he, he perfected it so much you know, everything from these standards like Hickory Wind and, and other songs. And then they kind of jumped together with Jim McGuinn and he recorded a few things that after that record, there was nowhere else for him to go. He was kind of this, this, this in, the, in the circles of music, he was just this demigod. Keith Richards loved him. And he and Keith became good friends and good heroin buddies. And that's what, oddly enough, affected 
the Stones for a couple records to go country rock. Beggar's Banquet, Beggar's Banquet. Half of Sticky Fingers, you know, Moonlight Mile, and all these songs that are country. They're called country. I believe it was Jagger that called it Country Honk. And I think he just made that. It was either either Jagger or Graham that called it Country Honk. And after that, of course, Gene Clark had some solo records that didn't do well that are incredibly rare and hard to find and very, very solid records if you guys can find any of those Gene Clark solos in the late 60s up through the late 70s. But Graham, although he had a short life and died of a heroin overdose out in the California desert, had a couple of records with a group called the Flying Burrito Brothers that was, these, those two records were out of control. Which is, again, Incredible. It's, it's An all, extension of that Bird, Sweetheart of the Rodeo yeah, record. It, the Birds, if to, for me personally, because yeah, I love the Birds, but you look at the Birds, and just if you could picture in your head and you could draw little lines like a family tree, right? And you look at what spawned off of the Birds... Crosby, Stills, Nash, Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young, Poco, the Flying Burrito Brothers. And this all came afterwards. And then all of those started splitting off. And of course now everybody that's a casual fan knows as the, says the grandfathers of country rock were the Eagles. I mean, that's... Well, but, but, but I, and, and they... I gotta disagree with that. I gotta disagree because... Tim Schmidt came from Poco. Right. He came over to the Eagles. The Eagles were Linda Richie Fury. I mean, you got to say before any of that, Buffalo Springfield. Buffalo Springfield. Buffalo Springfield had to be probably, besides the Gene Clark solo stuff and the one-off birds record. I forgot them in my Right. Yeah, Buffalo Springfield. Buffalo Springfield, those guys. And I think that is where the rock group stole that Nashville country sound and took it to... Southern California, as you talked about before we pressed mm-hmm. record on this, right. that who would have ever thought in the late 60s through the late 70s that country rock's home would be in Southern fucking California. Southern California, and namely not, L.A. And, and San Francisco. And, and not in Bellevue, Tennessee mm-hmm. or something. Right, right, absolutely. But there's one guy that never gets any fucking credit, zero, and he's one of my favorite artists, and he writes a rock song like he does a country song, but he immediately jumped ship knowing that he wasn't going to make a dime, and that's Michael Nesmith of the Monkees. He had four or five records from 69 to 74 with the national band, and every, every session player in the late 60s that was a country cat wanted to play with Michael Nesmith because he was going like Graham, yeah. Pure country. And another weird thing, Gene never played with Nesmith. Nesmith never really played with Graham Parsons, none of those guys. But they were all kind of watching each other in the late 60s, early 70s and playing off each other, playing off that sound. And oddly enough, until the Eagles came along, radio wouldn't play it. Radio wouldn't play it. I mean, you might, you might probably easier to hear a Nesmith, a Graham Parsons, a Gene Clark song on country AM radio as you would any kind of AM rock radio at yeah. the time, because they just frowned on it. They frowned on it. And the Eagles, 70, early 72, came out with Take It Easy, and that really was a song that broke a lot of barriers, and people started saying, okay, that's okay to listen to. Because I remember growing up, and you either just fucked, you liked country or liked rock, and there was no, no, in between. no blend. Well, when we grew up, that's right. what it was. Yeah. And that's what I think Graham Parsons kind of broke that down because he loved the Stones, but he loved George Jones. 
Uh, he wanted to wear the nudie suits like Buck Owens. He wanted to be Don Rich of Buck Owens' band. You know, he wanted that ethos, that lifestyle. And then the Eagles, which they'll tell you, man, hey, man, there's no Graham Parsons. Not, not any of them mention Michael Nesmith ever. But they mention Graham they like do. he was an essential vitamin in keeping the, you know, the Frankenstein <laughs> had alive. Him. I had, had to have, to have him. him. And, of course, he, you know, what did uh, James Dean, you know, live live fast, die young, leave a, a beautiful corpse? Well, that's what he did. He was 20. Uh, was he a 27? Or maybe 20, not even 20, that old. 20, Five 20, or six, maybe. 20, yeah. Well, and really, I, I mean, I was raised on that theory that country will rot your insides. My dad used to tell me well, that. Well, that's when not I was what you were listening to. It was the shit that, you were drinking while was, you were listening but to. That was, but that was my... My dad used to tell me that when I was a little kid. You know, and I grew up believing it. Your dad was a rocker, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. yeah. But I really did grow up like that. And that's part of that. You were... He, he was the one side. There was no other side. Right. You can't switch or be both. Yeah. And really, oh, that's, he used that's to how tell it was. me that. See, that's he used to tell me that. But that's how it no, was. My dad was caught in the middle. But you, yeah. but you were raised in. You're from Texas, and there's a little Dallas. different. Yeah. yeah, a little different. And my parents uh, are older, but she loved the Eagles and Steve Miller because I got in trouble. But that was the first Miller. early early mid seventies. Was really the first generation that said, "Yeah, I kind of see kind of it a can, hybrid." It can, yeah. There, you it can know, be both. And. Uh, like I said, you got to give it to the Eagles for being the first super group that was a country. They were great riders. Come on, you guys. I mean, mm-hmm. and they yeah. had, they weren't afraid. Yeah. Of They're amazing performers. Yeah. I told them yes. old men. I haven't seen them again. Same thing with Steve Miller. I've seen yeah. them multiple times. Yeah. They're great. And Steve they, had they a kind of vibe. a funky country side too. Wild Mountain Honey. Like very insight. Right. Yeah. And very like psychedelic. Like yeah. Very Steve weird. Miller. He's Steve a Miller band is great, 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 great. Good stuff. But uh, the Eagles weren't afraid to let outside cats come in. You know, yeah. they, they had J.D. Souther come in and co-write a song, who's still a, a great uh, backup singer. And they had, of course, uh, the uh, Jackson Brown came in and co-wrote four yeah. or five of their number ones. And Henley was his cut. Take It Easy was cut with Jackson Brown on For Every Man. Right. Correct? Remember Correct. That? Yeah, Correct. Before, before yeah. it came out on right. Eagles. Sure. And it was Jackson's version. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. And I heard and recently, so. and it goes always, it's going back and forth now, there'll never be another Eagles, the other coming mm-hmm. back. And before they, they were thinking about Glenn Fry's son, I had heard they bounced around. Well, I guess, around. guess who they, they asked. bounced around you know, you know Jackson who? Brown to do it. You know, you know, you know who they... Uh, oh, this is what's the secretary. And I mean, they had other people. They would co-wrote even when they all went solo. Henley wrote with Henley wrote a song for John Wayne to the Babies that was a top ten. He wrote, but those guys were so incredibly prolific. For as Elton John used to say, you're lucky if you have the mu- the muse for three to five years, and that's really solid. You know, McCartney heard about him talking like that, and he and Elton John are kind of fans of each other from a big distance. They asked McCartney what is the greatest double album of all time and he thought he was going to say the White Album. He said nope. it's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Uh, oh, so, but yeah. in three to five years you have to think that you could make a... Mm-hmm. And back then they did. Back, back then they did. Elton yeah, John like, would have so, three records in a year. You, I mean, he would f- record God, three fucking God, records so in a year. Albums. You just look at people's just like, right. wow, just does how, how? But well, it's weird because McCartney, McCartney has you know four or five there with the Beatles that were just everything he touched turned to gold, mm-hmm. and then he 
was lucky enough to have it again later in his career. Well, and Robert, you can tell, and too. Robert Plant, like still, Robert Plant is still making great Pretty good. Yeah, but it's just that nobody's... No. No, I Jimmy don't know. Page, We're so fickle. Jimmy Page is a different animal, I yeah. think. Yeah. That's a, if we're talking just so how about, for some reason, she popped into my head because of going to Southern California and talking about all these cats mm-hmm. and how they all kind of live together and they all fed off each yeah. other. But Miss Joni Mitchell... Absolutely, absolutely, and and the byproducts of Buffalo right? Springfield, like uh, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, Manassas, Stephen Stills, Manassas, Manassas had a couple of good records, right? Uh, you know, and they, they it, that schismed into different bands, and then of course Buffalo to because, Poco, because, Poco, because because Poco, when 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 Crazy Eyes came out. Right? right, which was written. Yeah. That was their. Sure. That was their farewell to Graham. That was them right. talking about Graham. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like Pink Floyd, how they talked about Sid. About yeah. Sid, right? Right. And and. Uh, but Joni kind of she kept on her track too. She was so she did, folky, man. but she did have a country twin. She helped. She helped. Linda Ronstadt, man, see, come on. Are that's you kidding? The, but yeah, see, that's where absolutely Linda Ronstadt. Because, because you look, dig around, dig it up, Google it, whatever you're gonna do. Look up Linda Ronstadt in the early in the Stone Pony days, which those. Linda Ronstadt and the Stone Ponies records. Three records they did. The right. most. That's the best. And she. And those I just, are pop folk records. But, those but, are, those pop psyche. But I'm just telling you, I love them. I just read they this. Only did three records. I read this article the other day on this news site that I kind of look at, even though I've switched off all the news because it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, that she said she goes. I hate all my. She basically said, I hate all my music. And I was really taken, I read this article and I was taken back by, it was in the Hollywood Reporter or something like that. And I'm like, what? I mean, I, she just, even going back to then, I'm thinking, she only likes that, for some reason where she's at now, she only likes that big band Nelson Riddle oh, kind of stuff she did. Shit. And she I mean, and I, and bless your heart, she's honey. Like, she's like brain tumor tumored something. Something's she wrong has with a, her, right? She has MS, God MS. bless her. She, she and it's killing me because I love her. I love her music. And uh, yeah, and know. back about 73, 4, 5, uh, she had some great uh, hits. She was smoking hot. Remember Hastings Down the Wind? She didn't have a bra and she was All I can tell you is so hot. All I can tell you That's is when I, I before music was when, when my <laughs> older sister when my older sister had the forty fives of yeah. her and the cutoff Daisy Dukes. Oh man. And I was coming into that time of my life. Why is everybody leaving the table once we start talking uh, about Linda Ronstadt? I don't know. Hot anyway, tips. we should probably move because on. They're not hot anymore. I don't, <laughs> no. know. I don't know. I don't they know. They might be. I was out of here. Yeah. I was out yeah. of here. I, pre- I pre- prefer to remember Hasten Down the Wind rather than Trio. You know, at one time Dolly Parton had some really nice tits. Mm, I'll tell you Dolly? Uh, let me tell you something. Hey, that's a, there's a crossover. How about the crossover of Dolly? Uh, you know, rock and roll let me country. You, she no was, rock. I don't know. Are we going back like old school? Like the Opry? Are we going to the Grand Old Opry right yeah, That's, that's I, certainly right, Nathaniel. Because I remember. <laughs> I can remember a time when uh, we had uh, we had Dolly come by and uh, she she actually sang uh, at my gubernatorial. Uh, Goober, no pun intended. I tell you what. <laughs> I said, you know what? The party's over and you, you don't have to go home, but you can sure the hell stay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Well, are we done? Did we do it? No. We still got more to do. Country rock, man, it's a little, it's hard. I mean, once you know, I have a question. It's really really hard. I'm not categorizing some of the ones you brought up as country rock. Like, like Crosby, Stone, Nash, and Young. I'm like, are we, is that country rock? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, like the restaurants, like, you know, like. But I have a question about. Okay, then then you're going to get. Are we going like that way? Now we're going to segue. We're going to segue from that. Into, into early 70s, middle 70s. No, that's not you, my question. You want to go to Southern Rock? No, I want to know, go I wanna to? know where, where does country rock meet mm-hmm. rockabilly? Meet rockabilly. Well, rockabilly's yeah. always shuffle. I've never heard. Uh, 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 I've never uh, heard uh, a rockabilly uh, song. It was a. Uh, I want to know where this where this changes. I, th- I don't like, know. Okay. When, do you, when do you decide when it's one thing and not another? Okay. Like, well, Purist, no. I mean, well, like, Pure, like if you're Hank yeah. three, I guess you would call like really. That's died in the old country, and, but then it's some of his shit's uh, crazy. Hank three is, yeah, Hank stuff. three. Uh, he's got some ballads. I let. I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna say he's all hardcore all the time, but uh, there's a local band. I don't know if you heard them, St. Dallas and the Sinners. Huh. Ever heard of them? Uh, mm-hmm. From Kansas City. Great band. Have you ever heard of one. Three Jacks and a Jill? No, now, I loved them back in the 70s. No, they were, I yeah. But I that's my question. Like, I like rockabilly, I, I, and I don't know what the difference is between, like, where does that verge off from? Well, I can tell you. I can, I can tell you. I know what it sounds I, I like. <laughs> I know what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, I know yeah. what it sounds like. I know what it sounds like. I, and I you know, that's know all where, I think. Where okay, did then. the two split? Because you know, I know that rockabilly had to come. From country rock. Well, country it actually probably came, came from country. Metal. It probably I, came I, from I, country. I think I think it came from country and Buddy Holly. And uh, and well, yeah, but Elvis. But but Elvis's first record, self-titled. Yeah. Where, he, sing, where he sings "Rip It Up." Yeah. 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 That's rockabilly. That's rockabilly, yeah. baby. Okay. Yeah. So okay. who was hanging out at that time at Sun Studios around Elvis? Jimmy well, you know, Fen- Fenderman, as we were talking about, right. Mule Skinner Blues, the big four, Carl Perkins, the, the, the big four, babe. Carl Perkins, right. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I mean... Is Jerry Lee Lewis still alive? Yes, remember? Cause is I just, he 107? I yeah. Is he that yet? How could he be the last man standing? Should we I, talked about it. Should How I walk, he be alive? Should I walk over there to that pile of records and pull out that one I just bought from Stick It In Your Ear? That's him going back to his roots, but he just Where doesn't he's look. Flops he doesn't look alive on that cover. He looks like so maybe they've been stuffed way him. too much time with Jimmy Buffett, and that's what he's doing. Oh. No, I, no. But he, I mean, even he, through he, the uh, '80s and the, the '90s, you had the same. Yes, yes. There you go. Very good. No, very good. No. See, I think they're kind of on the. No, because Credence. You're gonna call Credence. See, exactly. Some songs. Some songs. I see a crossover of kind of like blues. You kind of have like the hard rock. I'll tell you why. Psych. John Fogarty. John Fogarty. Because okay. Because let me tell you, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I, I took my boss man down to a studio out in Williamson County, outside Nashville, because John asked him to come and sing a song. Alan got to sing "Who'll Stop the Rain" yeah. with John. Oh, wow. on a, a on a double song. record called "I Wrote a Song for Everyone," and it is okay. all. It's 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 mostly country artists. You all can look it up. It's a great record. But I got to meet John that day, which for me, I don't get starstruck after thirty years. 
But when you John when you Fogarty. meet John Fogerty, yeah, that's a, amazing. That's gonna be crazy. Yeah. yeah, I was nervous as hell. I was yeah. nervous as a shit house rat. Right, right. And, well, and, but he was, no, I mean, and he was so yeah. nice. And he goes, <laughs> and he goes, he goes, you gonna come in here, man? Sit in the control room and give a listen. And I went, I'm coming. Yeah. Right. And I sat there, and I got to hear. Give him a back rub, creepy back rub while he he listened to it. Shine your shoes. No, because he was playing. Put him around the world. Right, because he was playing. He was in there playing along. Alan was in an isolation booth. And, you know, it's a small studio, a great little studio there. And, um, but uh, it's called The Castle. It's this old rock house. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll digress a very short minute. But it's an old rock house that has this secret tunnel out the back. That goes back to the Harpeth River. It's wow. out in the country, off of a off off a main side road, off of a main highway that's been there forever. Al Capone used to stop through there and hide. It was one of Al Capone's hideouts. Wow. They had this trap door that's still there and a little thing you can go through. And if ever, something ever, if anybody ever came from the front, the house was made with rock two feet thick. They could sneak out all the way out this tunnel and get him out the back. Wow. And put him in a boat, a rowboat, across the river. There would be another car all the time with a guy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Wow. Incre- that's, that's good vibes. And then if he wanted to come in about 2 o'clock, he'd sneak back up right. and yeah, grab yeah, a harmonica well, it was, it was do good. a badass version but, of 24 But you, go in, that, you yeah. go in there now, wow. and, and, and it's a studio wow. now. But And, and it's amazing. and it's an yeah. analog studio. Wow. When they were doing this, not cheap. Yeah, not cheap. When they were doing this, I'm in the control room. I look over and there are two twenty-four track. Oh my god! And the tapes are awesome. rolling. On two inch tapes, yeah. Oh. There was Incredible. a cat yeah. sitting on a little roller stool. That we have we talked about. And he's yeah, watching. Everybody's going back to analog, man. Okay, that's I'm just telling you, in, Nash- in Nashville, there's a whole. Unless you're Carrie Underwood, and I'm going to go there, or some of this new crap, where <laughs> it all sounds there. the same. Do you call that country pop? What do you call that? I call it. It is. I, what do you call that? Country pop. I don't know. What do you call the new stuff that's coming out? What do you call? Florida Georgia Line. Well, let, what do you yeah, call that? Like, a name. Well, give it a name. What do you call it? Threw what do you up in call his mouth it? a little bit. Yeah, I know he did. But <laughs> what do you call it? Um, the first Taylor Swift record is very country pop. But what, what do you, know, you call it? I, does it have a name? What do you in the company? Call it? Does country it pop a, is. No, it doesn't have it. I know. I'm letting the face. Yeah, that's he, country pop. He's in distress. I don't know what you call it. What would you call it? I, I, there's no name in the industry. You know what I call it? No, no, no. Do you you want to, you want to honestly know what I call it? Yeah. I call it, what I call it is money in the bank for where the industry in, especially Nashville and unfortunately a little bit of New York, but LA melded together to make a product and push it out there because I was just having a, it doesn't matter how. I was just having this conversation. I know I'm going to be bouncing all over, but that's how I am sorry. I was having this conversation with Wes the other day. After Tom Petty died, God rest his soul. I said, there's no one coming around to fill the shoes of all of the ones we've lost. Mm -hmm. And it started with Beethoven, when Beethoven died. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? That's just how I feel. I'm a musical snob. I don't care. People, they're going to listen and go, oh, God, and, you know, disagree, whatever. Yeah. Okay. No, right. Before but, we but, go, but, before but, we go, I know you guys don't like it, but you can't disagree. You know. From the 60, late 60s to like the early 80s, 
country rock was still the, the the home was in Southern California. It was. Who stole it back in the eighties? You know who it was. None of us like him, but he single handedly brought back rock into country music, and that's Garth Brooks, you guys. Mm. Yeah. And we don't want to. I know, I know, but he did. You guys know uh, it. He had crossover songs that played Thunder Rolls. Mm-hmm. All this song that the songs no, that I made it well, no. it made it. It, it, it enabled guys like Alan, kind of guys like Travis Tritt. I will never, ever in my life ever say to my boss, who I respect a right. lot, <laughs> I will never tell me, I will never say to him about that. I would let him make his own decision, but. I'm looking forward to his speech when he gets inducted at the right. end of the, oh, yeah, yeah. Into the Hall of Fame. But yeah. what rock and roll, then we'll end it here. What rock and roll cast does he like? That would probably tell you the, more the than he The big names, could. yeah. Who did he, yeah. I mean, I. you know what? I don't, in all honesty, guys. Never talked to him about it? No, we have talked very, mm-hmm. we've talked a little about, because I, when I come bouncing in onto the bus, off the road, uh-huh. and I've got a handful of records, he'll, be, he'll always be like, what'd you buy? Right. And I'll show them. And, and again, it's all over the map like that stack right there. Okay. It's comedy right. to whatever, right? Uh-huh. And he's always interested in what I find. Really? But never mentioned, man, I sure do <laughs> like that Bob no, but No, but I, can te- I will tell you this. When the man's warming up before a show, what he puts on, what he puts on, there's two genres of music. On the little, you know, on your satellite radio, because mm-hmm. we have satellite on the bus, right? Direct TV, nine hundred channels, yeah, okay. whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So he puts the sonic music on. It's classic country, and it's and it's the channel that has like southern rock or country rock early stuff that would play like harmony type stuff, like Eagles, Poco, Skinner. No. Nothing that hard. <laughs> Nothing that hard. Really more, very folk-based. Yeah. More folk-based. Folk, folk right. And, right. He, and he, mm-hmm. he'd be back there doing his yells and doing the warm-ups and he'll, you know, and that's, and and, and, and the traditional stuff. That's strange that he would but never really, bring like, it up. Like, are you talking Merle, Cash, yeah. Hank Williams, yeah. Leyland, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that, that kind Jones. of strange. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, he 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 wouldn't mind early Eagles, but he doesn't, he doesn't really like rock and roll. He's very true. He's very really? purist. Okay. About... Right. About what Fair it enough. is, you know. No, Fair I was enough. trying to remember. I, the I, I, I don't like that. But I was know. trying to remember where the hell I was <laughs> going like uh, <laughs> after a couple of beers here with that last thought I had. But um, anyway, somebody help me. I'd like to just uh, Tommy take this shot of Novocaine and just we're gonna we're gonna take a look at that number one by Cuspid. We gotta pay the bills, guys. So oh, wait, here, I here we are. In your eye. Doing, oh. Just doing some. Uh, Little dentistry here just to pay the bills. We'll see you next week.